0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Coming up,
1: Susie Cato! That was that was a rock bottom time uh, because it was also at the time that I had had my second miscarriage. So it was, it was really huge. It just was a double whammy when you're not getting out of bed anyway because you've just been hit by a ton of bricks. And, and it's part of the bigger picture and do you know what? As one door closes a whole lot of other doors open, and it's so hard to see it at that time.
0: If you are a New Zealander of a certain age, just hearing the name Susie Cato will probably make you feel a certain way. It'll take you back to a time in your life where things were more simple. Susie Cato is, in my opinion, the undisputed queen of children's TV in New Zealand. She came on our screens in that role in the 1990s and has been pretty much there ever since. I was so pleased she agreed to come on this podcast. This will hopefully introduce you to a Susie Cato that you did not know about. Still just as lovely and kind, but dealing with her own shit, just like the rest of us. She's human. In this conversation, we talk about her career in radio before the TV career, uh, growing up as an Australian. Yes, she's Australian. The lovely story about how she met her husband, Steve. Spoiler alert, it involves an apparently accidental breast brush. Try saying that fast three times the pain of being let go by TV3 and dealing with the utter heartbreak of losing a baby at the same time, and how she bounced back and grew from those terrible experiences. We also chat about her stints on reality TV with Dancing with the Stars and The Masked Singer, and would she ever go on Celebrity Treasure Island? I loved this chat so much, and I genuinely hope you guys do too. I always thought of Susie as this, I don't know, like a a softly spoken pushover maybe, but by the end of it I learned that I had been fooled. She is lovely and she is softly spoken, but she's also tough, resilient, and has it in her. I reckon to be a bit of a savage, someone who you will take lightly at your own risk. Thank you so much to my friends at Radix Nutrition for sponsoring this episode of Runners Only. I have absolutely no doubt that this will be an international brand and a household name in years to come. So I'm rapt to be involved with them and tell you guys about them in this startup phase. Radix Nutrition are on a single-minded mission to make the world a healthier place through nutrition. If you haven't tried their stuff or you don't know much about them, you should give them a go or explore their website a bit more. Radixnutrition.co.nz. That's R-A-D-I-X. All right, let's get into it. Susie Cato on Runners Only with Dom
1: Harvey. Runners only, yeah, yeah. let's get it started. Hey, hey. This is Runners Only with Dime Harley. Uh, fast pace, slow and steady,
0: anywhere you coming. Uh, just wanna connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only, yeah, yeah. let's get it started. Hey, hey. This is Runners Only with Dime Harley. Uh, fast pace, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Uh, just wanna connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dime Harley. This is Runners Only with Dom Harvey and Susie Cato. Hello. Hello.
1: Kia
0: oh, Straight into it. <laughs> Didn't even have to ask. Thank you so much for coming over for, to join me on my podcast. Hey,
1: thank you for the invitation.
0: Um, I really, really appreciate it. I'm sure you get inundated with requests like this. And part of me wonders if you're just not, not particularly good at saying no. <laughs>
1: No, it's – you get given an opportunity, you've got to make the most of it. Right. So, and I'm am honoured to be asked. You've got a, a wonderful list of people there that you've interviewed over the last year.
0: Yeah, it's been it's actually been humbling. Like, um, you ask people to come on, and um, yeah, m- the the response rate's been phenomenal. Actually, it's been really, really good.
1: So, are they all runners? Is it just me no. that's not a runner? <laughs> no, to be
0: honest, running's what I. Well, you are
1: you are a runner. I'm, you, I was running late.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I didn't want to I was saying for
1: making
0: me say it. (laughs) uh, Dougie, my cameraman, before you arrived, I was like um, Mitch James, the singer, we had him last week. He was late, but you expect that because he's a musician. Mm-hmm. Out of, if you gave me a list of the 60 people I've had on the podcast so far, and you said who is most likely to be dead on time, I would have picked you, Susie Cato. Oh,
1: normally I would have been, but <clears throat> unfortunately, things uh, were beyond my control. Yeah. Right. And then <laughs>
0: did you send me a text message while you were en route?
1: No, no, no. No, it was before <laughs> I hopped into the car. Okay.
0: Right. <laughs> I am, um, I, I, on this podcast, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there is like a real a real Susie, a Susie that we see. You know, like a, a the Susie we see on screen and the Susie we see off screen, but if there is a real Susie that we've never been privy to, that's who I want to try and find today. Ooh. Mm. The Susie behind the baggy uh, fluoro Cosmic sweatshirt. Hey,
1: well, that's me today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The the baggy Cosmic fluoro sweatshirt, was that in the 90s, early 2000s? It would
1: have been actually, no, it's still the 90s. It would have been the 90s, late 90s. So I started in 1993 on You and Me. Prior to that, it was the big earrings and, you know, or the big power hairdos and the shoulder pads with um, the early bird show with Russell Rooster.
0: Yo, doodle-dood, dude, dudes. I vaguely remember that now that you mentioned it, like re- in the real early days of right. TV3.
1: Yes, exactly. I started in 1990. Right. And they would have been going for about 100 or so episodes, and I started purely so that Russell Rooster and Auntie Kitty the Kia and Dan Spike and Oz the Quack Ups could go on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle tour. So they went with the turtles through the sewers of the whole of New Zealand. Well, not quite, but they did go on tour <laughs> around New Zealand. <laughs> how do you even, how do you, you've
0: done, you, your body of work is so massive. You've done so many episodes of That's so many things.
1: It's because I've been around so long. Yeah,
0: no, oh. but I'm, I'm amazed that you remember these uh, sort of details. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's a, there's a, so much to discuss with you, Susie Katie First of all, your relationship with, is there any relationship with running?
1: Um. Running late, uh, running to get out the door, (laughs) generally I am on time because I'm running to get out of the door, but no, I mean, the the most exercise I've ever done in my life was with Dancing with the Stars, and I actually had to start walking so that I could even audition to, well, not audition, but, you know, to to take my nephew for a spin around the dance floor, he's a dance instructor himself, but I actually started walking so I could even start dancing.
0: Oh, so you're not an exerciser at all?
1: I'm a great lump, Really?
0: How do you How do you stay in shape?
1: Um, well, Have you just got a really good diet? You watch yeah, what you eat, and a bit, yeah, I guess that, and a bit of a nervous energy, right. and And I guess when you've got kids, even though mine are now eighteen and fifteen, you do kind of end up running to do things. And being a um, a small company, you do a lot of stuff yourself, so you're working both ends of the the, the day, mm. and you're dashing to get things done. So yeah. I need yeah. to have a production company around me. So do you. You need yeah, to have a yeah, bigger team, yeah. so you're not running as well. I'll
0: tell you what. There's there's no better um, weight loss regime than the stress of not knowing where your next dollar is coming yeah, from. Exactly, <laughs> and I
1: think COVID has played a big part yeah. in that for a lot of people, hasn't
0: it? Yeah, it sure has. So, but you you must have run in school, like uh, the, the athletics day. The or oh, you're yeah. giving me a look like you got. Did you ever? Were you one of these kids that had a permanent note to get out of PE? No,
1: but gosh, that I wish <laughs> I had. Look, I grew up in in Kaikui, up near the Bay of Islands, and. And um, Northern College, <sighs> Dom, do I have to be honest and tell you that in my third form year, it was the last year that the school managed to have a romper. We had to wear rompers. The boys were able to wear shorts. What's, a, girl, what's a romper? A what's romper a... is a all-in-one bib thing that came over. It had little buttons that we would do. It had like a, a little singlet top. But it was made out of like a drill cotton. It was bright red. And it had these pantaloons that kind of ballooned out on either side with elastics around the the bottom. You could either drag them down to around your knees and make them long, or you'd pull them up halfway up your thigh, and they'd just go poof, this big puff, puff ball of fabric. Was that? was that the
0: school uniform? No, uh, that, well, what was that was
1: the that was the exercise game Right. Yeah. So Manda, like
0: mandatory oh, yeah, compulsory. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's how old Hey I I, Do you have a photo of it anywhere? I can't <laughs> no. I can't
0: visualize what you're I
1: really glad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if we had actually we've probably got time for you to sketch it, I don't know. Wow, really? Yeah,
1: it hit a multitude of sins. When was and I probably so need, it, need it now. <laughs> so the, this was in the 1980s. Yeah, it would have been When you're in high yeah. school, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my third form year. So what? That's what is that? That's year nine. Yeah.
0: Oh, I can't keep up with that. Yeah, me too. So, um, okay, let's go right back to the beginning. So, Suzanne, Noreen, Cato, mm-hmm.
1: born in. Thank you. <laughs> my mother's the only one that uses that. Suzanne, <laughs> Suzanne <laughs> Noreen, Cato.
0: Oh, Where's Noreen, Noreen from? Is that a family name? Or yeah,
1: it was my one of my godmother's names. Right. Yeah.
0: So and and you're born in um, Brisbane, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yes, I was. Wait, so,
0: um, but Kiwi parents or yeah. Australian? Yeah, yeah, okay. What what were they doing in Brisbane?
1: Um, Mum was working over there, so she um, she had me and brought me back to New Zealand, and um, I was adopted by my Kiwi dad, and we've lived. I came back to New Zealand when I was only a month old, so um, I've got a Kiwi passport, and I do drive past when I'm over in Aussie now. I'll drive past the. Um, what is it? The Royal Women's uh, Royal Brisbane Women's <laughs> Hospital where I was born. Right, right. But yeah, um, I don't. I have the affiliation with the fact that I was born in Australia, but I'm a kiwi. No other can yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, for sure. And what do you mean you were adopted by your New Zealand dad? So you, uh, he's mum and he, dad
1: got married, and I'm in the photograph handing the horseshoe to mum.
0: Right. Yeah. So so he's not your your dad. He's not uh, my biological, biological dad. Right, yeah. right. You have anything to do with him? No, no, no. no. Yeah. Does your mum have anything? No, oh, no, no. You're not curious at all? I'm just, um, I'm thinking well,
1: f- yeah, look, um, I did have a time when I was curious, but um, I have no idea who he is or mm. where he is or why he is. So it's about living in the now. Yeah. yeah something that I, I've had to learn to do is to live in the now and to to let go of the past and move forward.
0: Yeah, that's mm. cool. I suppose I'm um, – yeah, I'm, I'm extra curious about that stuff because um, I, I went through years and years of fertility treatment and like six rounds of IVF or something. And uh, ultimately, it wasn't successful. Um, and, and then we looked at other things like donor sperm and stuff, and you have to do some counseling um, in order to do that. And you get asked questions like, you know, how will you feel if the child comes to you and says, you know, you're not my real father and stuff like that. And so I think from um, the perspective of um, the person you call your dad, mm. non biologically, the fact that. I don't know. I'm sure he'd understand if you had curiosity and wanted to find oh, out. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it must be the most um, satisfying thing to know as a man that there's there's not even that curiosity there or oh, there's look, enough and of that look, There has and, been curiosity yeah. and we've
1: had conversations about it and things like that. And I think that's one of the most important things is having a conversation and being open about it. Um, and a number of my friends who have had to adopt children, not had to, but they have adopted children, mm. Um They've often been open with them right from the get-go. So they've had photographs, if those photographs are available, or they've talked about it as being, I'm your mummy and I'm your daddy now. But and, and so when the child does have questions, it's not, oh, taboo, I can't ask this. It's actually part of everyday conversation yeah. and it's quite normal.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think most most of adoptions are sort of done that way now, aren't they? They're yeah. open. Whereas, um, like back in the seventies or sixties or whatever, it was all very, very closed and hush yes. hush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it wasn't
1: one of those situations where mum got sent away. No, it wasn't.
0: <laughs> <a bad situation. laughs> oh, oh, that's that, that's like an <laughs> yeah. abortion joke. Now a lot of a, a, a lot of people won't remember this, but it was like, um, yeah, I think it was still illegal in New Zealand, so you'd go to Australia to. Um, to oh. terminate the pregnancy. Oh, I had not heard about that. Oh, no, okay. All right. Yeah.
1: But I had heard about, and I've had friends who, whose family members were um, you know, like their their older siblings, or, or or a lot of people are actually finding now that they've got other siblings because. Mum had fallen pregnant outside of wedlock and was sent to an auntie and that child kind of disappeared off to another family somewhere and the and the the child came the the daughter came back. So yeah mm. those were very different times. Yeah
0: so 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 when you when your mum gave birth to you was that like it, this was in the late 1960s was this a scandal in your family like she was unmarried or
1: Yeah no it wasn't so much no. a scandal and and it was my um, grandmother that went across to Australia to to bring me and mum back. So Dom, you've done your homework. Nobody in all my 30-odd years of being in television has ever asked that question, and it's there. Right. Yeah, so um, well done.
0: Ten minutes in. Yes,
1: exactly. All right, we got what we need. Hey, That's the right. podcast.
0: No, we haven't even got started.
1: There's
0: so, only water in this water. <laughs> It's hot. Yeah, Susie requested a hot water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you grew up in Kaikaui. Um You also spent time in Hamilton and Dunedin.
1: Yeah, well, my first five years were in Hamilton. Right. So we lived in Hamilton, very close to my grandparents, and on both sides. And then Dad got an opportunity. He was with the P&T, Postal and Telegraph, back then. Um, Then it became Telecom. Um, So he was uh, given the opportunity to um, move, have a transfer somewhere else in New Zealand to work up the pay scale and up the job opportunities. Mm -hmm. And he applied for a number of places and got kaikoe. And we went, our mum and dad went, yay, where's Kaikoui? <laughs> oh, crikey, it's a bit further than we expected. But um, well, I had all my schooling pretty much. I was at Kaikoui East Primary School, I think, for about six months. And then we moved up to um, And No, so Hamilton East. Did I say Kaikoui East? I was at Hamilton East um, Primary School for six months. Then we moved up to Kaikoi. I started at Hamilton East, uh, crikey, Dom, Kaikoui East Primary School. <laughs> Then I moved to Kaikoui West, and then I ended up at... Kaikoui Intermediate and Northern College, so I did all my schooling. And when I talk about going to all the schools in Kaikoui without having been expelled, <laughs> I didn't have to move, but we just moved from one side of town right. to the other. Oh my you goodness.
0: say Kaikoui East, Kaikoui West, like it's some big place. What are we talking? Like five hundred meters from one side, from west <laughs> yes. to east? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You're so right. You're right. I know. But we were, we didn't, we did move, so it was much easier instead of having to walk all the way to yeah, that one, yeah. to walk to that
0: one. What are you? What are your memories of growing? What was Kaikoui like in the? This would have been the 1970s. What was it? What yeah. are you memories of growing up in Kaikaui, oh,
1: Look, it was a great place to grow yeah. up. Yeah. There were only about 3,000 people, and you. the families knew each other. Um, you tended to know all the all the parents and you know, all the teachers' families and all those sorts of things. Um, you could walk everywhere, and it was the great outdoors. There were farms right on their doorstep, so you'd be out milking cows or you'd be out uh, – We asked me about running before in Merompa, Um <laughs> Uh, we did have to do the cross-country, and Northern College was a great agricultural farm farming school. So we had um, boarders and, and people coming all over New Zealand to, to go to the school for agriculture. And our cross-country was across the country. And I remember shooting ahead of somebody who was quite a, a distance in front of me, barefoot in a cowpat, for one foot shot <laughs> through ahead of them. They got a heck of a fright and so did I. <laughs> Managed to stay upright and had nice one nice warm foot. But um yeah, it was a it was a great school, a great environment and a lot of time spent outdoors. So right behind um well when I lived in first lived in Kaikoi, we lived actually on a little lifestyle block and then we moved across town and up behind us was this big paddock area. It was a, a ramshackle farm, pretty run down, lots of gorse bushes and um, divots and things like that and you just spend hours there building huts and climbing through things and catching tadpoles and yeah it was it was a wonderful mm. wonderful and, life
0: and what were, what were you like as a kid what was the naughtiest thing you did
1: oh were you were you ever bad no not really I was I was a blouse dom I was <laughs> I was a big sook I was a softie So um, the the naughtiest I'd ever done, oh, (laughs) I did have a sweet tooth. And I remember going out to mum, I'd helped myself to some icing sugar. I was like, oh, what's that? Icing sugar. Grabbed a teaspoon, tried, oh, that was a bit of all right. And then thought,
0: oh, I've done something I shouldn't
1: have. Oh, I put the lid back on, shoved it in there and went out to mum and said, hi, mum, um, could I have a snack? And she said, I think you might have had something already. And I said, no. She said, what's that around your mouth? It was delighting Oh time. yeah! Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god, that is the most Susie Kato story ever. It really That's the naughtiest. <laughs> oh. You're just a good. You're just a good person.
1: Yeah. Look, and I used to feel so bad and so guilty when I had done something wrong that it wasn't worth it. So mm. yeah, and there was nothing really to be bad about. We had great parents. We had um, yeah, a free reign pretty much. Yeah. Um, we knew our ba- boundaries and and that sort of thing. But that's, there's nothing wrong with knowing your boundaries. That gives you security and stability. So um, that's the way my kids have grown up too.
0: Absolutely, I, I feel like your parents would have been able to make you cry just by telling you they're disappointed oh, in you. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, the
1: raising of an eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, um,
0: so how did how did you you ended up in radio at um, kcc FM, mm-hmm. which is um, it's now a more FM station yeah. still. Still massive in Whangarei. Um, how did you enter? there? Did you study? you do a course?
1: Uh, or you just
0: go straight into radio? In
1: the final year of school, I didn't reach 7th um, form. I was in, in School C. We did, not School C, UE. Final year of UE being accredited as well, we got given a chance to have a week of work experience. So I had girlfriends that went hairdressing, some went to the bank, some went to the supermarkets. Um, they just went wherever. And I thought, oh, what do I want to do? Mum suggested that I try radio because her sister had been in radio in Hamilton many, many years prior. And I'd always loved public speaking and drama and all those sorts of things. She said, go and try your hand at radio. So I asked and and got a week's work experience down there and um, applied for an internship in the final intake of interns. So I I actually got flown down to Wellington, and I think I was interviewed by Sharon Crosby. So, so this was
0: for an internship for like Radio, radio New Zealand, Zealand right? Yeah. Right. At
1: the same time, I put my CV into KCCFM. So I did my week's work experience with um, the Radio New- Radio Northland Station. Um, did a summer summer holiday out of the caravan stint with them as well. Almost made it into an internship, but started this job in in radio with KCCFM, Started in the copywriting department, writing ads, and because it's a small independent station it was like an internship you got to do everything mm. so i started in um, writing ads and then i did some scheduling of ads i answered telephones i emptied bins you know you did everything yeah, everyone
0: mucks in and does a bit yeah. of everything yeah and then yeah. i
1: started um, they got me doing um album reviews so i'd go and choose an album i'd do my research there was none of the interweb back then. You basically had to go and get books out of the library <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and talk to, to to older people to say, oh, who's this band and what are, what are they like? Yeah.
0: In hindsight, you could even make things up, couldn't you?
1: Well, you could. <laughs> know not that I, you would. Did I? No, no, I, no, I did no, not. no. I did my
0: homework. Yeah. So, were you on here?
1: Yeah, well, I ended up, I was one of the youngest female radio announcers at the time. I think I was about 17, 18. What year was this? Oh, Dom, hang on. I my mean, maths math never been that great. So was it like late, late be, 80s? Yeah, it would have been late 80s, 86, 87. Right. Yeah. Who was the
0: manager? Was it Steve Rowe?
1: Yes. Steve oh, Rowe was, was there. I... Yeah. Uh, Paul Colcord was there before right. Steve, I think. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah,
0: Steve was one of my managers um, oh, and like uh, a real mentor for my time yeah. in Palmerston North as well. Yeah.
1: Wonderful. Great
0: man. Great man. Very yeah. great. He used to get... Did he ever yell at you? Uh,
1: I, no. I, Dom, I... can you imagine me needing yelling
0: at you? <laughs> I oh, feel obviously. like... um. Like, the the way Steve managed me, would, you know, you could take him to HR now, but this was the days before HR, but I look back now, and he gave me a kick up the arse when I needed a kick up the arse, and I've got a um, a friend who was at the station at the same time called Robert Scott, who works on The Breeze now, yeah, and Robert's, right. Robert's yeah. like a male version of you, Susie Cato, They're he's very just, sensitive, he's wonderful. and Steve would never manage Robert the same way he would ma- manage me, so, yeah. Yeah.
1: Robert the way Steve
0: yelled at me, I can't imagine him yelling at Susie. No, because I would just
1: dissolved
0: into tears. <laughs> oh, the, the lip would have been crumpled.
1: Oh, yep.
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. so so you're on the you're on the air. You're doing some stuff at KWC. Um, what what was your like on air style? Were you just nice and friendly? Oh, yeah, like
1: pretty relaxed. Yeah, nice and friendly. And um, the advice I was given as I start, as I started radio was count down from ten to one. Because you go, when you're all excited, to get all high and squeaky <laughs> like this. But by the time you're down to one, you've got a nice radio voice. So you're speaking like this. You're nice and calm. And call yourself Susie, not Sue. Because everybody had started calling me Sue at the radio station. And, and Susie was a sexier name. And um, <laughs> this is the microphone button here. Turn it on. But not very often, and not for very long. Away <laughs> oh, well, you go. It's like crikey.
0: That's the training you got. <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, you're
0: thrown in the deep end. And did you did you sort of um, sexy it up like a sexy voice, like oh, hey no. hey if FM? No, no, but, it didn't
1: didn't sexy it up. No. no, but you couldn't help when it's a slightly deeper voice, so it became yeah. a more mature voice. So um, I was taken for being much older than what I was. So you'd rock up to a promotion, and people would come looking for Susie Cato, expecting somebody quite sophisticated and mature. And and there I was with me spiked hair. I had—I uh, might have cut off the rat's tails by then, but I had rat's tails down the back and spiked hair and fisherman rib um, jersey and a little mini skirt. And they'd go, oh, um, where's Susie Cato? And I'd go, that's me. <laughs> yeah, have
0: got to be joking. You know? So how, how long did you last there? Did you sort of make the transition from that brief, Radio career into kids' TV? well no.
1: Yeah, in a roundabout way. So I was seven till midnight for uh, over a year, then got given the opportunity to do a day shift from ten until two. And I found that I actually liked sleeping at night and <laughs> being up during the day. <laughs> so um, when it was time to go back to my seven to midnight shift, I said, oh, look, no, no, it's time to move on. Found a job down here in Auckland with Maza in the Morning. Oh, so amazing. Was that on
0: 89 or 91 FM? I think that
1: was 91. 90, FM. Right. Yeah, right. So at the top marks were on 89. Right. And we were on 91. And I was doing traffic and, and um, the weather and, you know, organising telephone calls for him and things like that, which was great.
0: Yeah, Maza, Mazza, um, uh, his real name's Murray Ingalls. He's yeah. um, uh, dying of cancer. He's, he's very old, but he's dying of cancer at the moment. But he's, yeah, a wonderful man. Oh, wonderful incredible. broadcaster. But broadcaster from a time where um, the important thing was. Not necessarily what you said as much as how you sounded. And he yes. had a great voice.
1: Oh, did he ever. Yeah. That voice was incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, was,
0: how, how was he? Was he, was he right to work
1: with? Oh, yeah, he was wonderful. And right. he had a great team around him. Yeah. So Kim Adamson and, you know, everybody was fabulous. Um, after that stint, I was in uh, photography. I became a photographic assistant for um, a few years. And then that was when the break came for television. I was at a party got talking to the executive producer of, who'd made everything from, um, oh, Nice One Stu, and... Um, who was this?
0: Was this Sandra Shaw? No, no, this
1: was um, Rick Simpson. Right. Who, oh my goodness, a creative who had talent to burn um, and had made so many amazing programs. He started up um, The Early Bird Show. And around that time, there was the Early Bird Show, there was In Focus, there was Yahoo, all these fabulous programs. And I got talking to him about being in television and what I liked in a children's television presenter. And we had a conversation, and that was great. And a year later, I got a telephone call saying, have you ever thought about being in television? Crikey, I jumped at the chance. Um, but once again, A whole year after you met. Yeah, 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 it was about a year. I'd ended up at a party with some of his um, his work colleagues or people that he 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 employed, and we got on really really well. They were looking for somebody, and I got the telephone call saying, "Hey, have you actually thought about being in television?" So, in in the DP in Sink or Swim, um, I had about ten to fifteen minutes in front of a camera before the news went to live went live the night before I was on live television. So. Doing kid stuff. Kid um, stuff, yeah. See, so you
0: how old were you at the time? Like twenty at the time, twenty yeah, one. Twenty, yeah. See, at that age, being like a you know a, an attractive twenty twenty one year old, you'd think the natural sort of job would be, I don't know, something slightly old, like, like a what now or something like yeah. that. I feel like um. You know, kids presenting—it's a very particular set of skills, and it's very young to be doing it to communicating with kids, isn't it?
1: Well, yes, it isn't. It isn't, but because um, it was on on a Saturday morning, very similar to to what now, in that it wasn't preschool, it was. Whoever's waking up, whether it's somebody with a hangover from a big night the night before, or um, kids of all ages sitting there in their pajamas with their piece of toast and so on. So some of the humours was quite not so much risque, but it was a oh, layered, yeah, layered, definitely, yeah, 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 right, yeah. And and the cartoons we were, we we connected the cartoons together, and we had a lot of fun. David Hartnell was a regular guest with his um, his gossip from. Hollywood and all those sorts of things.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's right. David Hartnell, he did, did his like best and worst dress list every year. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Jeremy Wells always top of the, his best dress list. Oh, I know. feel like he's got a crush there. <laughs> <laughs> so, and is this about the same time you met your, your husband, Steve? He was well, in radio as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I met him in radio. Yeah, yeah. right.
1: Mm, yes, so tell, us, tell us about that. Well, I met him at 91FM. Um,
0: and um by the way, can I can I just say just so so, so at this round right about this time because I'm, I'm a, just a couple of years younger than you, I was in radio in Palmerston North, and there were two. Yeah, there's radio stations everywhere over the dial now, but there were two big stations in Auckland, like 91 FM and 89 FM, and they sort of went head to head. Very, very competitive market. But yeah. um, I, and there, were, there was, as you mentioned earlier, well, much earlier, no internet or anything. No. So I'd come up here in school holidays, and I'd sometimes bring like blank C60 or C90s and tape some of the radio just to see how they were doing it in Auckland. Oh, great! And it was a big fucking deal up here.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was huge, and they were real stars. But they also had the um, ability of the anonymity of Only being the voices, not the faces. Now, as we're doing here with the the um, cameras and all the rest of it, there's so much more. Yeah, multimedia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So, yes. So so you you were on air and radio, Mm -hmm. and Steve was
1: on air and radio too. um, Doing midnight to dawn, and um, we were doing promotions together, and we were just great mates to begin with. Really good mates, and um, uh, we were out in a John Cougar Mellencamp cherry bomb. <laughs> John Cougar Mellencamp was promoting his album, the cherry bomb album. So we, somebody had hand painted this mini and it was bright pink. It was amazing. And we had oh, so much fun. We were honing around beaches and shopping malls and all the rest of it, getting people to sign and um, the, the car. With a big marker, and also fill in a form to go into the draw to go over to Melbourne. I think it was to go and see John Cougar Mellencamp perform, and um, you're wanting the story of when?
0: Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. How <laughs> you, I mean, well, you're still you're still married now. You've got adult yeah, kids. You've been yeah. through so so many of um, your life's uh, good and bad times together. I'm keen to know how it all started. How it
1: all started, right? Well, um, I was sitting in the car. And we were just great mates. And he reached in to grab some more forms. And as he did, his arm brushed against my chest. <laughs> and ele- an electric shock went bo- through both of us. And it was like, crikey. He's going, my mate's got boobs. And I'm going, crikey. My mate's a boy. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, wow, we suddenly saw each other as, as members of the opposite sex. And it went from being a friendship to... A little bit
0: more, right? You, you must have discussed <laughs> that, um, and uh, many times over the, over the years. Was it? A, 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 was it an accidental brush?
1: Um, yeah, I think it was. I think <laughs> it was. Think well, it was? Yeah, well, actually, good question. I
0: need to ask. You. <laughs> oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and and look, we had a wonderful year together. We had a year apart, and then we've been together ever since. Oh, so actually,
0: what do you mean you had a year apart? Yeah, we
1: broke up. And we had a year apart. Yeah. And then we got back together again. Actually, it was Steve that got the telephone call from Rex because he was the connection, the way I got to, to meet the executive producer. And um, Rex said, how do I get hold of Susie? And Steve gave me a call and said, can I give him your number? And we got talking. We went and had a coffee together and we, we got talking. We had more in common and we, our, our paths were on a more similar trajectory after a year apart than they were when the first time we got together. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's cool. And then you had um, time apart again, like you were working in Dunedin, like two weeks on, two weeks off, and you did that for many years.
1: Yeah, about five years. Right. God, how
0: did the relationship
1: survive that? Really well. Did it? You end up with great communication skills because we had to discuss everything on the phone. Um, It was different when I came home, though, because it was like, hang on. I don't keep that mug on that side of the cupboard and down underneath, <laughs> and that's that's got to move. You know? <laughs> no, we've been yeah. really, really some, In
0: some ways, it's probably yeah, good for the relationship, yeah. maybe, that two-week break, and then you start to miss each other. And yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So we did that for five years, and we got married in one of my two weeks home. So um, we are yet to have a proper honeymoon, but that's okay. We've got another, mm. how many, 30 or 40-odd years together, so that's good. And what was
0: the um, proposal? Do you remember that?
1: Oh, gosh, it was... It was at the end of the Devonport Wharf, looking over the city, and just, we'd had a wonderful meal, we drove to the end of the wharf, we were looking out, it was just like this, this sea of lights in front of us, and I had thought it was coming for a little while. And so what didn't come as any great surprise, and he hadn't bought me a ring because we hadn't even had a chance to go and have a look at it, but, yeah, it was it was still quite romantic.
0: Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You get to that point in a relationship, eh, where I suppose whenever anything romantic happens, you go out to a nice restaurant or yeah. you go on a wharf at sunset, you're like, oh, is this the –
1: exactly is this the, the, the radar, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or every
0: two weeks when he drops you off at the airport,
1: is this the moment? The moment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the only time – any only excitement we've had with me being dropped off at the airport was one um, Sunday when I was being dropped off to fly down to. To them for two weeks, and I missed the plane, and I often almost missed the plane. In fact, they got so used to me, here we go. Well, and after I, after you being you know, late for this podcast legs. today, I yeah. believe this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, traffic, traffic! There wasn't the tunnel tunnel back then, Dom. So, but also sometimes it was a little bit harder because you know um, sometimes being away was harder than than other times. Yeah, and um, I missed the plane and ended up scratching and itching the whole way back to the house. And by the time I got home, I just said, oh, have I got flea bites? No, I've got chickenpox. So luckily I didn't give it to the whole plane and to the crew down in Dunedin, and it just meant that we had to record a whole lot more programs when I finally did get down there. Mm. Yeah. But still,
0: I mean, if you're going to get chicken pox from anyone, saying you got it from Susie Cato, oh. it's, it's not a, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't think of a nicer person to get chicken pox oh, from. Oh,
1: I think they'd be... I think you'd much rather... Um, not give people chicken pox. I'd rather give them a hug instead. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's
0: true. Um, so, how did the songs come about? Was that um, did, you know, the you, your songs, which you're very, very famous for? Like, did you write them? You oh, came so up from with you them and me, where... e, it's
1: our time. Yeah. The program had been going for about a hundred episodes before I got there. There was a presenter prior to me. Pauline Cooper had worked with Rex and. Um, the the creators and she'd originally come from Play School and they had created this programme, you and me, to bring a more of a bilingual um, uh, aspect to it, to more, more New Zealand culture. Instead of it being a packaged version of play school that was adapted for New Zealand, mm. they created something that was specific to New Zealand. And Pauline Cooper was there right from the get go, um, but she had a a young family. She had grown children, but you also had a another child, and she also needed a change. So she decided to. to to leave you and me, and I auditioned along with 70 others, 70 or 80 others, and um, had just started taking singing lessons, so I had enough confidence to sing, it's our time, in an audition. And I can't remember what the other song was, but there were generally about three songs. There was Hello, the Goodbye song, and at least two others within the show. So I just started taking singing lessons. I love singing anyway, but to do that in front of a camera, in front of people you'd never met before, and I was only about twenty five. I would have been about 23, 22, 22, 23 by then, so I was still quite nervous, um, mm. but um, managed to get the job, and was offered the opportunity to move to Dunedin, Thank you very much but um <laughs> oh, look, tempting. Oh, tempting. very tempting fantastic community down there I love it but Freezing all my, it. oh yeah all my family were up here my boyfriend this is my now my husband yeah, yeah. was up here and if the job hadn't worked out it was a year-long contract it was a big haul to get everything back again mm. so I kept a foot in, in either camp and I'd go down there for two weeks and then come home for two weeks come home to Auckland for two mm. weeks why,
0: why was why, why did why was everything in Dunedin
1: Oh, they Is had that just they had like a, a massive, TV hub? Yeah, right. it, it, it were a massive TV hub for years and years and years. For decades, really, a lot of children's television was made out of Dunedin. Okay. But that's where Rex had decided to set up. He um, purchased the Green Island Civic Picture Theatre, gutted it, put in this amazing set and all the offices and things like that, and that was the perfect place for it.
0: Wow, mm. amazing. Yeah. Amazing that song. Um, uh, it's like followed you around, I guess, for almost oh, yeah. like half your life. But but in, in in the best possible way.
1: Oh, exactly. Because everybody remembers it. The only thing is they remember "See ya, see ya later" far more because that was the last song of the day. Mm. And so at the Silo Park. Um, at the TDBS Picnic, there were so many parents that were joining in with me. Mind you, that's wherever I go, there are are parents joining in with me. And I'm being introduced to a whole new generation of kids now, and it's such an honor to know that those songs live on. Mind you, you couldn't escape from me. I was on first thing in the morning with you and me, and then in the afternoon. And then we had Susie's World, which was on at 3.30 in the afternoon for about 10 minutes with all the science. And then um, I was also on a program called Family Confidential. Which started at about seven seven thirty and ran for one season, where we went into families, family homes. It was a little bit like the um, the nanny, right? Yeah? Right, but a reality always... version of it. Yeah, right. yeah. no, oh, yeah. no, no, not not no? not the not um, the, the Oh, that's what I'm no, thinking. No, no. Of. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, no, no, Dom, <laughs> nothing like that. No, (laughs) but you had the nanny um, that would go in and kind of work with families. Oh, the UK
0: lady, they introduced New Zealand to the naughty step.
1: Yes, yes, yes. yes. Now, we had nothing like the naughty step, but we did actually take psychologists in and work with families and look at problem areas and things like that. So, yeah, that was an amazing series, and I would would have loved for that to extend it. I would have been a far better parent, probably, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah, what would your um, – how old are your kids? You've got a daughter and yeah, a son. daughter uh, and son, so
1: they're 18 and 15 now. Right.
0: What would they say about you if they oh, were sitting here? I love you, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what, if they had to, like, pull apart – um, you know, cuz kids like kids know you better than anyone yeah, else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what what would they say like your worst habits are or your oh, worst crikey. traits?
1: I don't know. You could probably ask my daughter, she wouldn't mind sharing oh. it. But I mean, one good thing is and an example of the kind of relationship that I have with my kids is that my daughter left New Zealand on her OE at the beginning of February. She went to Cambodia for 2 weeks with six friends and then I joined her in singapore and we had some nights in singapore some nights in bali some nights in australia so it was a case of hey mum do you want to come and join me in singapore yeah i'd love to that's the kind of relationship that we yeah, have it's so, so nice. it's yeah yeah so that we're on the phone constantly we're on snapchat together we do tiktoks together all those sorts of things it's look i am a parent i get grumpy i get tired i and you know, all the rest of it and i have to ask for the bag to be put away, the lunchbox items to be brought out—you know, all those sorts of things—and yeah. yes, I do get cross. Dom, have you put your lunchbox items out, Dom? <laughs> but um, it's about not—you you get cross, but then you actually let it go. Okay, that's happening in the moment. You let it go, you move on, and you, you, you enjoy each other's company.
0: So there are two human beings. Your husband excluded that have heard you raise your voice.
1: Oh, yes, and the neighbourhood. You yeah, really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, now, there's a recording that'd be worth some money. <laughs> and, and swearing? Have the neighbours heard you swearing?
1: Well, yes, they have. Have gone. they? Yes, 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 yes. Under and, what circumstances? Well, Petra got this out of I me. Mean, I don't think anybody else had. But, um, oh, I Petra, talking...
0: Are you talking about her Grey Areas podcast? Fantastic podcast. Yes, Fantastic yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yes she's wonderful. crushing it. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, um, uh, uh, we talked about the going through pain and grief and and anger and angst and all those emotions when we're disappointed and when mm. we're hurt and of course the big being let go by tv3 oh yeah I, really, I want to get to that yeah yeah it was one of the biggest um most impactful ones for the whole neighborhood because <laughs> 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 um i was absolutely gobsmacked you know mm. i you know, you're going to give your give your all to things, and I had so much more to give, and it wasn't needed anymore. And so I bawled, and I cried, and I and all the rest of it, but another thing that I find is really, really good is to let it out. I don't tend to let it out by an open window any longer.
0: <laughs> oh, so you sort of do it in the car when you're yeah, on your own? Yeah, or? and look,
1: a, a shower is fantastic. Yeah. To bawl, turn the music up, scream out your favorite hits. Um what are, we what, a, talk,
0: what are we talking, by the way, since we're on there? What, what hits?
1: Okay, so um, songs that I remember from my childhood, that and they're big emotive ones. And I can't think, it's not Donna Summers, it's somebody of the same ilk.
0: Donna Summer. I Will Survive would yeah, be, yeah, oh yeah. no, that's not Donna Summer, is it? No, no,
1: no, but there's that song. You abandoned me. <laughs> I love Don't Live Here. I don't any. live here anymore. <laughs> I can't remember who sings but, that. Yeah. And it's not about being abandoned. But it's that just that passion that you yeah. sing that song with, and you get the voice crack and everything, and the tears stream down. And yeah, it's so, so good to do. So I'm,
0: I'm just trying to trying to um, paint a mental picture here. So are you like like on the shower the shower floor, sitting there crying, sobbing, oh no, you're or gonna, you're, standing you're standing up, standing up singing up, and bellowing? Right, so it's yeah, an yeah, angry okay. cry. But that's
1: enough of the visual. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, around, no, 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 not in a, a creepy it. way,
0: <laughs> not in a creepy way. Yeah, so so that um. I suppose. It, it, would you say this is the rock bottom in your life? This was in um, oh, 2002 I, when you got shit canned, basically. Yeah, by TV. yeah.
1: Well, look, yeah. Look, that was that was a rock bottom time uh, because it was also at the time that I had had my um, my second miscarriage, and it was one that I'd had to go in for a DNC for, and it only had happened. What's a,
0: sorry? What's a DNC? Oh, DNC
1: is where they they actually have to clear the uterus, so they actually have to do a physical removal of of the baby and and, um, clean the womb and things like that. So um, previously, my other um, miscarriages, the baby had passed. Without any extra, effort. so it so it's like
0: early in the embryo stages, maybe. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay, so so, so the uh, what's it? DMC, DNC,
1: D yeah, Mm, Now you're going to ask me what that means? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Thanks, okay. thanks for sharing
0: that. So this, yeah. so this is prior to you being a mum at all. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Before you had, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. you went through that. W- yeah. at, at what stage of the um,
1: first I think, trimester? I think it was only about um, seven or eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. But um, barely even knew I was pregnant. For, but to to realise that I'd I'd lost Bob and then lose the job, so it was it right, was the, the, the big cumulative. Of, yeah, yeah, it was really huge. And um, Steve was in Australia at the time for this particular one, and so yeah, it just was a double whammy when you're not getting out of bed anyway because you'd just been hit by a ton of bricks that you'd lost another little being um, and then to lose the job as well but they weren't to know that and and it's part of the bigger picture and do you know what as one door closes a whole lot of the other doors open and it's so hard to see it at that time but because I wasn't under the stress of running a business running I was executive producer pretty much with um, or associate producer at the time with Susie's World and um, you know, employing people and, and so on, and presenting, and script editing, and, you know, doing all these things, I actually had my body in shape to to fall pregnant again. Right. So, and that
0: was uh, your daughter? Yeah, my daughter. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then my son. Um, but also, you know, you take stock at that time, and you look at what you're doing and why you're doing it, and see whether there is time for change. Mm. So.
0: Yeah, like reflection, internal yeah. reflection. Yeah, yeah, it's still not. Geez, there's so much to unpack with um that that whole segment that we've just discussed. Um, yeah, I mean the the um fertility thing and uh, yeah the, those miscarriages. The, it's close to my heart because um yeah I went through years and years of um fertility treatment and there's a, I, I don't know there's a lot of guilt and shame with that sort of stuff as well uh, from 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 my perspective because it was like a male infertility sure. problem and JJ had to do the lion's share of the work when it came to that stuff. But you um. Yeah, one thing that I found, I found strange, and I still find strange, I, I understand the reason for it, but you know how uh, when when get pregnant, they don't tell anyone during the danger zone, the first yeah. trimester or whatever, and then, and, and this is the most common time to lose the baby, it happens during that time. So suddenly, you're telling people you've lost a baby, but also telling them that you got pregnant yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's um it's a lot, eh?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I hadn't told anybody that I was pregnant with any of them. Yeah, because you just and, don't. No, you don't, and um and then you don't tell. And I was on set, um, I had to take a, a day off work to go and have my DNC and then I'm on set the next day um, and I hadn't told any of the staff because we had a budget and we had a timeline and we had people that we needed to to process through, we had guests that we were we were working with and so on, so you just, as you know as a, as a performer, as a radio announcer and, and a podcast host, you got to find that little light switch. you got to flick it on, and then when you go home, that's when you sink into the bed and you put the covers mm. over your head and you, you ball into your pillow and things like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I suppose that was a time where we did, the phrase prioritising one's mental health wasn't even a saying. No, um, no did you exactly. Do you look back now and think, I wish I took, you know, put myself first and took time off work when needed? Well, or or yeah. no, were you, were you quite happy that, quite proud of yourself in your strength and resilience well, and your power? I guess
1: I don't know if it was so much proud. I think it was the fact that as an executive producer, you knew that you only had this much amount of budget left. You had this much <laughs> amount of time left. You had, and... Yeah. It really helped me in many ways to bury it and to move on, but it then meant that I had to work through it later. Mm. So, Because um, it's so important that you do. Yeah. And it's about having those conversations and talking to other people. But I wasn't even telling anybody that I was trying to have a, a child. Mm. And it, it wasn't because I i had got to the stage where if I'd had another miscarriage, I could have gone to the fertility um Catholic. Right. Yeah. So we hadn't quite got to that stage, um, but and then then the glue stuck and and we were able to. I think it was the amount of stress that my whole body was under, and we do put a lot of stress. And once you stop thinking about it and take that pressure off, you can actually sometimes fall pregnant yeah. more easily. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: That's true. So. Um, what, what do you remember about that meeting at TV Three? Uh, you, you had no idea it was coming. There was no sort no of... no
1: no no. I'd gone in to to take a proposal and to say, "Hey, this is what we've got planned for next year. This is what we'd like to do. These are the questions we want to ask, and the places we'd like to film, and things like that." And they said, "Oh, yeah, look about that. Yeah, there's been some <sighs> changes, and we don't actually see a place for you and." the program anymore and to begin with it was we don't see a place for the program anymore and then it was we don't see a place for you anymore and and you go oh hang on (laughs) um it was a heck of a shock it really was
0: what do you you like at that point do you sort of get um defiant and feisty or do you just sort of like crumble and you just Um, in that moment
1: there was a lot of blinking and there was yep, <laughs> oh, there, were, there were tears. Oh, look, there were tears, definitely. Yeah. And, and there was a big yeah. hug and all the rest of it. And I just went home and and um, and you allow the emotions to wash over you. And it came as such a big surprise. But um, I look, it's it's really interesting now because time is the great healer. And I just shared a post just recently the other day about um, how our grief never gets any smaller. We just grow around our grief. I
0: saw that on your Instagram, and um, it's like a a ball in a jar, and the ball doesn't get smaller, the jar around it just gets bigger. Bigger, exactly,
1: because we might have that one piece of grief, but we then grow around it to be able to cope, and we are going to have other instances of grief that will either be the same size, smaller, because it's a a more distant loss, or, or it's not as great a loss, but then again we'll have greater losses. And... It's not that we are immune to it. It's just that we're learning how to cope with that grief and deal with our emotions. And it's not about being stronger or anything like that, but it's just how we allow that grief to sit within us.
0: Mm. Mm. So you think you learned a lot about yourself in that time?
1: Oh, yes. But you learn about yourself with everything you do, with being a parent, with being somebody that loses a child or or can't have a child. Mm. You had your pup. Kanye on your knee before. Yeah, I don't know where he's gone. No, he's around somewhere. He's weather. happy. He's happy. He's yeah, off. Yeah. But um, it's the, about the loss of a pet. Yeah. They become some, such a part of your family that even when they're unwell, you know, you ache the way you would mm. if it was a life partner. Mm. Mm.
0: So you, you mentioned before that, um, yeah, one door closes and another one always opens, but the, the um, I suppose the uh, anxiety-inducing thing about that is the, the door do- the new door doesn't always open immediately, no, does it? It's, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scary thing. It's not yeah. like you walk out of TV three and then there's a bunch of doors and you're like, which one am I going to walk no. through? So so what happens? So you leave TV three and then you, I'm guessing you phone Steve straight away and
1: Yep, yep. And I was headed straight home mm. to him and um, sat with it for about a week and then I rang my old photography boss and said, hey. Do you have a, a assistant? That have an assistant at the moment. Do you need one? And he said, "Well, actually, I've got a couple of big projects coming up. Yeah, so I went to work for him. So um, that was wonderful. Um, just stepped back into that role. Yeah, and um, just rode it out for a little while. And I think, yeah, I'd, as I say, I started to climb back." into a place where I could be creative and be productive and I'd started taking singing lessons. Not because I had an interview in a, or audition for You and Me coming up, but because it's something that I'd always wanted to do mm. and i have always loved music and always loved singing. And although I wasn't looking at a career in television anymore, um, that opportunity came up.
0: Oh, did you think at that point that, that was you done with TV?
1: Oh, you never know. You <laughs> never know. I, I've never had an agent. Right. So I've never been on anybody's box to say, "Oh, look, go audition for this. Go and go and try for this TV ad. Go and try for this." It's always been a matter of being in the right place at the right time, or or something like that, or forming my own production company as I did once you and me finished, and um, and and going, what kind of TV programs do I want to make? Hmm, an educational one, because I learnt the value of educational television with being a part of you and me, and. It, um, Susie's world became more of a veggie burger, whereas you and me was always about education. It was always one, two, three, ABC. You know, Tahiru, Atoru, um, and all the colours and things like that. And using Tereo to a certain extent with greetings and and pointing mm. out things and parts of the body and and naming the you know items of furniture and things around the house that kids could easily identify. It was always based on education, but for preschoolers. Susie's World was based on the school science curriculum and providing it in a fun way so that kids didn't even realise they were learning. They were watching Susie Fruit Loop trying to find the answer to something and making a whole lot of mistakes along the way. So
0: <laughs> learning by stealth
1: yeah, in yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah.
0: So um, you mentioned before setting up your own production company. So uh, a lot of people that are watching this or listening to this podcast won't, won't know what that means. Mm. So how can you break that down in okay. like simple terms?
1: Okay, so when you have a production company, you put a proposal together and say, this is the kind of program that I want to make. You go and knock on the broadcaster's door, and you say, hey, would you like me to make this program for you? And they might say, yes. Or they might go, nah. Or they might go, yes, but I want you to do it this way. Or it needs to have this, or it needs to have, you know, um, whatever. And back then, it seemed to be so much easier. The broadcaster said, yes. <laughs> and um, you took the proposal to New Zealand On Air, and they said, yes. And you got a certain amount of funding, and the production company would then employ the producers, the directors, the um, camera operators and soundies and the crew that you needed. So um, I would have a team of, there'd be about six people every day and we'd make two programs in a day. We might film one on on um, Victoria, Mount Victoria in Devonport uh-huh. and then go to Takapuna Beach yeah. or we might be on One Tree Hill and then down in Onehunga doing something or either end of the country filming. And we'd take a team with us. And then there'd be a team back at the office sorting shorting up the schedules and doing the editing and, you know, all those sorts of things. So a production company is a is a team of people making television or radio or or podcasts. In this day and age, that production company, for a lot of us, dominates you and Oh, Dougie, sorry. you, Dougie you and Dougie. Yep. Yeah, you and Dougie. Yeah. Yep.
0: At this stage, yeah. 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 <clears throat> it started with just me, and then um, Doug, Dougie came along last year, and he was like, hey, man, I'm, I really like what you're doing with the podcast. So he came along as a volunteer, and uh, thankfully we've got some money coming in now, so he's earning a little bit. Um, nice. But, yeah, I'm hoping to like, grow a team here.
1: Wonderful. Because um, when you have a team around you, you can do so much more. Yeah. You've obviously done some really good research anyway, but um, when you've got a team that can – be uh, pulling that information in and all that footage in and all those sorts of things. It does make it easier and for promotion and those sorts of things. So now um, I've got a small team for my radio show which is on 28 radio stations around the country and we're in our 16th series. So we've been on for nearly 16 years and we're one of the best kept secrets because we're not on any of the big stations. We're on the little rural stations and the access stations and things like that but those are the ones that are most family focused and it's all about you know the the old classic songs and stories, and we've got about eighty percent New Zealand content. So lots of Cath Bees and Wonky Donkey Mans and the Nickamores, you know, all those sorts oh, of people. amazing,
0: yeah. amazing. Where is it? Where can people listen? Or okay. is, it, is it available as a podcast well, as well? You, or? Oh,
1: it is about to be We're right. just... We're just trying to get some funding for that, actually. <laughs> Doc, let's have a chat. But um, the, uh, if you go to susie.co.nz, you'll find my YouTube channel, you'll find my radio show, you'll find my coloring pages. I've just started um, Kato's Kitchen, which is something that I've always wanted to do, was have my own little cooking show. So I'm doing that now via my TikTok um, platform. Crikey! All these things that weren't even invented <laughs> right, when no, I first started. mind-boggling.
0: So, do you oh. do you are you um, well versed on TikTok? Like, do you know how, to, or is there someone that does them for you? Like, a,
1: um, no, I'm I'm doing them myself. Right. What there's, a, doing, there's a lot.
0: You can spend a lot of time making a TikTok. If you yeah, want.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you watch mine, <laughs> a little, very little time, because the dance routines. I get my, my unfortunately my daughter's now overseas. Otherwise, I'm, I need to find somebody new to teach me the dance routines so I can do them. But um, now my <laughs> husband is actually in my production team, who he started in radio. Now he's self-taught how to use the cameras and all the editing equipment to actually put these little things together for me. So, yeah, it's tight, but it's great, and we're having fun.
0: Yeah, amazing. Jeez, we've been going 50 minutes. We haven't even got to the, 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 the meat yet of oh, Dancing what? with the Stars. I'm dancing with the Stars
1: and go, what meat's that? <laughs> so
0: Dancing with the Stars, 2018, when were you on? Was it 2018?
1: 2018, yeah.
0: 2018, and yeah, you, you had Matt as your dance partner. Yeah. You, you didn't do very well, right? You got voted off quite... Early? Oh, no. no.
1: I did okay. You... <laughs>
0: oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I can't remember. I can't. So <laughs> no, you...
1: Got to about week eight, so I did... I oh, did are you,
0: are you, okay. You did yeah. very well then. Well, I thought for somebody
1: got... who doesn't dance and somebody who didn't take any extra dance lessons before she started, unlike... Them, um, I... Um,
0: Ooh, was that was that Susie being sassy, sassy oh, Susie? Maybe, maybe,
1: yeah. So who who
0: was on your season? Who can you remember some of the other people? Yeah, was David Seymour him. on that one? Yes, David yeah.
1: Seymour. I love David. We had so much fun together, and he coped so well with all the flack that he got thrown. Yeah.
0: So did he? Did he beat you? He yes, we, he did. Right, right. Yeah. But, I, but that was kind of like a comedy. Like it was like a vote for the worst sort of thing. Like oh. no one no one thought David could dance as well as what you could.
1: Oh well, thank you very much. Um, but, yeah, I had <laughs> I had,
0: had him on the podcast as well, and um, oh, God. yeah, he talked about his. Men Memories of dancing with yeah, the stars as yeah, well, yeah.
1: and look, it was a challenge for us all. Mm-hmm. No, some of us more than others because I was, I was a decade or two older than than young Jess, Jess Quinn.
0: Um, oh, who, she won yeah. that year, right No, no. She,
1: no it was um, Samantha Hayes that won that year Right, God. So, But it was her and Jess I
0: can't believe you were just complimenting me on my research And yeah. now i have like, <laughs>
1: fuck everything
0: up with Dancing <laughs> with the Stars
1: Yeah, but no, it, um, it, it was so much fun It was a huge challenge Because as I say, I started to walk before I could even start to dance And some of these people were, oh, runners They're fit as, and dancers So um, my dance partner, Matt, was very, very patient And very, very kind And very, very good at saying, left no, other left without moving his lips. So.
0: <laughs> oh, not while you were doing the actual dance. No, well,
1: not quite. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, he was very good. Uh, the pressure on his hands, I knew where we were going to go next. It was great. Did you ne- never get involved in it? Absolutely
0: not. Oh. Oh, no, I I am um, oh, – I, I whenever it's on TV, I, I love it as a show. I get clammy watching it. Like yeah. the thought of learning like 90 seconds worth of dance moves – I don't know how anyone does it. Well, That's JJ a lot did to remember. An amazing job, yeah, too, JJ, JJ did a great job yeah. when she was on. Um, yeah, oh, good for you. How how did you find? Um, so, so you've you've been with your husband for like quarter of a century or whatever it happens to be. Like your lifelong partner. How did it feel to suddenly be like um, have that level of intimacy with a new person? You know, you like you're dancing with someone for eight hours a oh, day. You're yeah. right up in each other's faces, <laughs> even if there's even if there's nothing. Um, you know, sexual chemistry-wise yeah. there, it is still like very, very intimate and in your face. Did that feel weird?
1: Um, it certainly did. Yeah. It certainly did. In fact, we were into about the third or fourth um, day of dancing together and um, Matt said, Susie, you're doing so well. You know, you're doing great. He said, however, you know this part of your body, and he pointed to around my chest area, down to about mid-thigh, he said, that part of your body needs to be pressed up against my body from here to there. And he put out his thigh, and he said, hop on. <laughs> and I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so because of the dances that we're doing, you had to put your legs in between each other's and things right, like so that. Right, sort of
0: intertwined, yeah.
1: Oh, crikey. I'd never been in anybody's arms other than my husband's, but, you know, for years it was like, <gasps> "Oops, sorry, <I> didn't <gasps> um, panic attack. And um, but you, we got closer and closer. We got used to it, which was great. And then... The weekend, the, the day before we were going to be on um, television with the live show, I invited his wife and my husband and my kids to see how mummy was going to be dancing with matt because i just needed them to all know that <laughs> oh god oh, did <laughs> it you, was more about did, for me did, than anything else did you feel
0: like an element of like guilt in a way like oh. you were you were doing something naughty well, like or not, it just felt no.
1: just it just felt i just needed them to be aware that yeah. everything was above board everything was okay and yes i was dancing very close to matt but matt was young enough to be my son and mm. oh god i love him he's such a neat guy and we had so many laughs and he was so very patient and I'm just gutted that um, I'd finally got brave enough to be airborne the weekend that um, we did our final dance and I was all set to was like oh next time he might actually lift me I've been so conscious of my my, of myself of what way what do you mean oh um, I'm quite short but I'm quite solid and i just didn't want to break his back or anything oh come on (laughs) i know what do you weigh it's all...
0: 50 55 kilos in wet clothing i know
1: i know but crikey um i can be a dead weight anyway um (laughs) um but it was also that whole thing of of i'm not great with heights and (sighs) i'm not great with not a lot of clothing on, you know, all those sorts yeah, of things. Okay. It's a generational thing, but it's also a part of, of me. I mean, you look at anything that I've worn on television, it's normally up to my neck and down to my toes, don't you y- think. Yeah,
0: must. Yeah, I, I did wonder about that because it cause I've, I've, I've felt um – I mean, it's ballroom dancing. I was about to say, it sort of felt like off-brand, the brand that we know as Susie yeah, Cato, yeah. but but it's not really. It's ballroom dancing. No. But as soon as that the, the promo video came out, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. What have they done with Susie?
1: Exactly. And as somebody said, childhood broken. Was, <laughs> oh, no, oh. You know, I'm just glad I didn't break the leather, leather pants that I stepped out in because it was so damn tight. But
0: yeah. Yeah, You must have been um, smashing, like, so many – so many personal comfort zone things oh, in yeah. that whole sort yeah. of dance with the stars era.
1: Yeah, so it pushed a whole lot of boundaries and learnt a lot about myself. And and once I decided, once I signed the contract, it was like right we're going to do this. So stepping out in the leather pants was just the beginning. And then, as you, you might have noticed, well, you might not have, but um, the, the, the frocks got shorter and shorter each time until I, the, my final dance was in the pair of togs with a whole lot of feathers hanging out the back. Oh, the twenty the Bird
0: costume, up. the yeah, yellow yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so... The next outfit was going to be an absolute stunner. It was more floor length, but it was going to be an absolute stunner. It was going to be the Viennese waltz, and it was going to be absolutely beautiful. And it was a Matt's favourite dance, so I was gutted that we didn't do his favourite dance. And the outfit that he had designed was just going to be perfect. But... Um, I keep thinking one day they'll do a celebrity callback and I'll get called back. But they better do it quick because I'm not getting any younger dog.
0: It's not I mean, getting any easier. But you know you can do it now. Um, <laughs> you, and you can, so you can teach an old dog new tricks, You ain't? can. You can. It's just that the old dog needs to want to be able to do the yeah. new tricks, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, so, and
1: have the physicality because we were all strapped up. Yeah, we were yeah. Yeah, Ribs and, and ankles and all the rest of it, yeah.
0: Did you end up with um, like a post-dancing with the stars, like come down or like, well, yeah,
1: well, not. Well, I didn't. I didn't have it the same way that a lot of others yeah. did. Because um, I turned fifty a week after I um, got voted off the island, basically, and then two days after Dancing with the Stars. And I kept saying, with the contract, as I'm signing it, it will finish on this date, won't it? It will finish on this date because um, we boarded a plane to go on a cruise around the Mediterranean. So. You can't turn 50 and have had a better year, I don't think. I did Dancing with the Stars, frocked up, tanned up, you know, glitzed up to the nine. It was a dream come true for me. And then to board a plane to go on a cruise around the Mediterranean was just Mm. amazing. We just had, I had the best year. And I did so little work that I'm still so far behind on catching up with everything that I should have done back in 2018. But um, it was just the best. It was just, yeah, amazing. amazing. Who went on the
0: cruise, just you and Steve? No, it was yeah. the whole family. Oh, the kids as well. Yeah.
1: So we got um, taken over by my father-in-law and um, my sister-in-law was there as well. And we went on a massive family cruise together. It was a kind of everybody's 50th combined and a chance for the kids to, to experience something absolutely amazing.
0: Amazing. Yeah, now, how do you feel about aging? You quite, you quite, you seem quite comfortable in your own skin. Yeah, you're more happy, comfortable you're happy
1: with... now. Yeah, more comfortable now in my own skin than I ever was. Right. And do you think you
0: just slowly gets better?
1: Well, I don't know age? that I'm actually maturing. That's the only thing. So the body's aging. It's harder to get up off the floor, and here I am sitting cross-legged <laughs> on the chair because it's a bit more comfortable. Um, otherwise, my feet swing off the floor. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, I'll probably pay for it. With my knees tomorrow type thing. Mm. But um, I don't feel too much older than I was when I was first making telly. So.
0: Yeah, it's funny that, eh? I said to someone the other day, it was like, um, you feel exactly the same. And then you get a glimpse of yourself in the mirror and you're like,
1: oh, shit. Yes. Oh, that is yeah. that is me.
0: That yeah. is that is what we're currently dealing mm-hmm. with. Yeah. I don't have
1: to deal with it too often because once I take my glasses off, I can't see a thing. It's when I have my glasses on, they go, oh,
0: crikey. Yeah. I heard a story about Axel Rose uh, from Guns N' Roses. Oh. Apparently, whenever he tours, uh, uh, he gets all the mirrors taken out of his hotel room. because Oh, just, seriously? Yeah, which um, made me feel a bit, I don't know if it's true or rumor, no. but it made me feel a bit sad. Yeah,
1: definitely. To have that
0: sort of relationship with yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. We need to be able to love ourselves for who we are, whatever state we're in, mm. and we are going to be in all kinds of states as we <laughs> as we grow older.
0: Yeah, but it's a it's a privilege, isn't it, to be oh, older? Yes, yeah.
1: yes. It so is. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and um, you know, another reality show after dance with the Stars, you went on the, the Masked Singer.
1: Yes, I did. that's the that's the that's
0: the one where you did atrociously, right? You were yes.
1: Yeah. I, I don't like to think of it as being a, a, doing atrociously. You're though. the
0: first person kicked off the island. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, I made history. I was the first unmasked masked singer ever in New Zealand. And what, do you, when, what do you
0: mean unmasked masked singer? Oh, the, oh, oh,
1: I was the first one to take my mask. Oh,
0: so this was season one. Yeah, season one, yeah, right, first right. one ever.
1: So, and everybody, there has to be the first person, and my voice was so recognisable and potentially so bad, that um, I, <laughs> I got voted off the island first, yeah. yeah. You but, just couldn't
0: I- wait to sing See You, See You Later.
1: No, well, wow. <laughs> so I, I had, I, what did I sing? Um, woke Up Late by... Um, oh, Drake's project. Drake's project, New Zealand. Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought I'd chosen a song that had disguised my voice enough, but obviously not,
0: yeah. Wow, amazing.
1: No regrets? Oh, no, no, no regrets. Mm. No regrets even going on um, The Great Bake Off, Post COVID, with COVID brain, and forgetting to put the sugar in the <laughs> in the muffins. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Gordon was so kind when he said, Mm, now tell me about these muffins. There's a, a crunchiness to the sweetness, and that's because he'd seen that I was <laughs> stuffing sugar into the muffin because I forgot to put it in the actual mix before they went in the oven." Yeah, if
0: if you had asked to go on uh, like another season of Celebrity Treasure Island or something, what, what would you say? Would you say yes to that?
1: I have been asked. And I have declined in the past. Really, and, why? Um, I hear that's a different kind of physicality, <laughs> and <laughs> I hear it's also a different kind of person that they're looking for to share on that program. And I'm quite happy being Susie. Yeah, you're, you're
0: I, very you're very authentic, though. So yeah. I, I feel like with you, one thing I've learned um, today, which I'm probably not surprised about, like what you see is what you get.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know,
0: there's um, yeah, there's probably like maybe five, ten percent that no, no one else gets to see apart from Steve, but yes. generally, like, you know, th- this is you. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is me, it is me. And so I don't
0: think I don't think you'd you'd go on a show like that and be people are like, oh God, oh Susie. Oh, yeah. See what she's really like well, when I'm she da- hasn't slept for three days. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, maybe I haven't
0: seen that. either. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I watched the last season with Dame Susan Devoy on. She's she, like she's she I think she's in her late fifties or even early sixties and. um yeah, like, it gets quite ratty at times. Mm. This is Dame Susan mm. DeVoy, yeah, yeah. and she's throwing like a tantrum in the sand. Like she sat on the sand with her legs crossed like you are now. Right,
1: okay, I missed that episode. So I-
0: I <laughs> yeah, had it had been, been, been raining and she just had enough, and she said, yeah. I'm not having it anymore. Right.
1: And yeah. you know that could very well be me. I've <laughs> not been put in that situation, and I don't think I will. Tom. <laughs> yeah,
0: no need, no need. No, no. Oh, you had a good time during COVID, eh? Huh? You were like the great saviour. I this, yeah. sorry, this just came to mind now. You, the New Zealand government called upon you like Susie saves the day. Oh
1: well, I don't know about that. But what I what I did was I picked up the phone and said, "Hey, um, are you doing anything for the ministry, with the Ministry of Education? Are you going to put any?" content on because if you do I've got um, all these episodes of Susie's World you're more than welcome to use them they said great thank you would you like to make some more I said yes I'd love to and then went oh hell how do I do this normally I call in a camera (laughs) operator and all the rest of it but we can't do that so that's when I had to ask my husband you know those cameras that we've just bought that aren't even out of the box yet And we'd bought them because I was going to start touring and we were hopefully going to record some um, crafts and things like that with kids around the country. Um, Can we open those boxes and find out how to use them? Because I've just said yes to the dress and we're going to be making some um, programs. And he went, oh, okay." And he had to learn how to use them. But, yeah, it, it was a wonderful opportunity because... I got to reconnect with a whole lot of adults and connect with a whole lot of Kiwis, little a new generation that I'd not met before who hadn't met this crazy lady that likes to sing and make Play-Doh and... And be silly.
0: So yeah, yeah. I, feel, I feel like at that time you were probably a saviour for a lot of parents. With, um, I mean, it was a crazy time, wasn't it? It was a crazy time. Yeah, it? Yeah. It a crazy time. No, no one knew what was going on.
1: No, no, none of us did. But it was a, a sanity block. And and I guess I can't just say it was. Uh, I was the only saviour. It was that whole team that put all that content together. And it was just so lucky that I had so much already in the can that I could provide them. That um, And as chair of the Kiwi Kids music group, um, I was able to call on all of them for their music videos and things like that. So we ended up with a whole lot of content that TVNZ hadn't already had that the kids were now aware of, all these singers and songwriters who had music videos that were started to appear, appear on home learning TV, but also on TV too as well, so... Yeah, it was great. It was the perfect timing. It was able we were able to make a whole lot of content and get it out there with captive eyeballs.
0: Mm, that's awesome. Mm. That's awesome. It's, it's funny, eh? So you've got this new generation of um, Kiwi kids coming through who know who Susie Cato is. And then um, last time I saw you was probably when you came into the like, the Edge Radio station when mm. I was there, and uh, there were you know um, young women there in their like early to mid twenties or whatever uh, who also had that same sort of connection with you from their childhood. Uh, like uh, uh, what, what's the sort of like demographic or fan base that gets the most excited when they see you?
1: Probably more the young adults who watched me when they were little. Yeah. Because yeah. I can transport them back to a time where it was carefree and easy and happy. And all I said was, hello, my friend, how are you today? Are you having a good day? And we would sit on the couch and we'd tell stories and all those sorts of things. So, the kids that are coming through now, they don't have the same volume of me unless Mum and Dad have found my YouTube channel and then, you know, they've got <laughs> access to me. And, and I'm reading stories on a Wednesday night and, yeah, and yeah. on a Thursday night, and a lot of them are having me as a bedtime story, which is absolutely lovely. You know, I'll read the bedtime story, but um, so it's that older age group who really appreciate it, and my voice will take them back to. A nice, relaxing, calm time where we just sat and we talked and we sang and we had fun. Mm.
0: Mm. That's such a powerful thing, isn't it? Such yeah. a cool connection to have. One thing I like to ask all my guests is um, about their mental health. How's, how's yours? Is it mostly good? We, we touched upon before the mm. TV3 um, incident in 2002. Yeah. Um, yeah, is, is your mental health mostly good?
1: Are you, are you yeah. quite, quite kind oh, to yourself? Yeah, much better than it ever used to be. And because I do... Does that it, come with ageing or...? Yep, comes with ageing. It comes with a lot of self-work. Um, I haven't been to, to counsellors myself, but I have read so many books. And it's always been about helping <laughs> others just as much as it is about helping myself. Because when... TV3 kind of came to an end with Susie's World and and so on, and before I fell pregnant, I went, okay, what am I going to do? And actually, every now and then, when you put a proposal in for funding and you go, if I don't get funding this year, what am I going to do? I look at, I'd love to do my counselling papers so that I can actually mm. put the years of experience and, and the years of reading and, and, and working with families and, and learning from others, if I could actually put that to good use and still have an access to people because of my name. If I can create some resources, that would be useful. But there's so many good resources out there now. Yeah. And so that's one thing I'm able to do is um, I'll, I'll, um, I'll read or do a book review on useful books. So these are self-help books for kids that kids read a story and they don't even realise that they're picking up a strategy or or something like that. Or the people that have written them and created them have um, resources in the back of the book or a website that parents can go to to find that kind of information. Yeah. That's great for the kids, and they're actually utilising it themselves in the process. So, you know, it's it's I'm already doing that kind of thing already. And at the moment the Funding keeps coming in, so I keep getting to do what I do, and I love what I do. So, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. oh, it's so, a privilege, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, mm. yeah. And what you're doing and talking about people's um, well-being and, and how they're helping themselves is going to help other people. Yeah, well, it's,
0: it's you know, when people used to talk about, um, I say used to, I'm talking about like three, four years ago, when people talked about mental health, you just assumed it was something bad. But we all have mental health, just like we yeah. all have physical health. And yeah. uh, so, if I speak to someone that's um yeah, in a good place with their mental health. It's like it's nice to learn what tips and tricks they do. Yeah. Um, it seems like you've got yeah, like you like to sing in the shower.
1: Yeah. Sing or scream <laughs> or, scream, or scream cry in the car. or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm always belting out a big song. And sometimes it's for very different reasons. depending if it's a rap song, it might have a few words in it. But <laughs> do you listen to some
0: hip hop? Do you?
1: Oh yeah. Well, hey, with a 15 year old, definitely. but right. Um, my son is really big on the on the hip hop, and in fact, he says, "Mum, you're gonna have to wind the windows up on this one. <laughs> this, is, this is an inside car only one. <laughs>
0: and mum, we're not allowed to sing along to no, these no, words. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's cool. And what what's next? For Susie Cato?
1: Oh, don't if I told you, I'd have to kill you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Imagine imagine you becoming a murderer. That would be amazing. (laughs) Wow, that would have the headlines, wouldn't it? Plot (laughs) twist.
1: I've got so much coming up. I've got some songs coming out. I've got a book coming out. Um, I'm actually in my first movie. So I only play a bit part but I'm in the movie Red, White and Brass and it's about the Tongan brass band that forms to be able to go to the Rugby World Cup um, Tonga versus France from 2011 and so it's based on a true story and I play Liz, I'm the music teacher of a brass band. Can I play music? No, I can barely play the ukulele, so to be able to be a <laughs>
0: Well these are saying if you can't do it, teach. Is it true? How many <laughs> how many music teachers are failed? Musicians? Probably quite a few. Wow, so did you um Audition for this yes. is acting something you wanted to do? Or? Oh,
1: look, it's something that I've always wanted to do. And look, I've had the chance to act many times on you and me. I was Mrs. Wobble and all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always expected to be on Shortland Street, but maybe as a Jane Doe with a you know a tag around my toe underneath to seat. I feel like I feel like you're you're too famous
0: to be on Shortland Street.
1: Oh, you reckon? Oh, as an you know,
0: c- come on,
1: that's Susie Kato. <laughs> Uh, Well true And I'd have to probably play Susie Cato And I play a role that's very much like Susie Cato In this movie So I'm Liz the music teacher And I'm in for the, the shortest amount of time But I just had the best time on set They just had so much fun And the talent of this crew is amazing JP who's the lead in it he just knocked my socks off. And it's his first time he's ever been in a feature um, movie. And in fact, a lot of them, it's their first feature movie. You've got to go and see it. It starts on the 23rd of March, and it's going to be in cinemas right throughout the country. And it's one of those real feel-good, you, well, not quite sing-along, but it's a feel-good um, upper It's just wonderful.
0: Amazing. I'm not even familiar with the this, this story.
1: Oh, okay. Really? Yeah,
0: I, I remember the um, yeah the twenty eleven rugby world cup very well, and there was even another movie made called The Kick about Stephen Donald. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. scoring the winning, the winning the winning goal. So, what's the story that, what, about so, the Tongan brass band?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a, a Tongan a group of Tongan folk, and I should actually be pronouncing it properly, Tongan, Tongan folk that um, want to go to the rugby world cup, and the way they decide to do it is to form a brass band so that they can perform and get tickets. And it's not just tickets for themselves. It's the tong- uh, the tickets for their whole community. Right. So within a stretch of about four to six weeks, they have to learn a piece on brass instruments <laughs> to be able to play. <laughs> Is this a true story? Yeah, it, well, it's based on right, a true story. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, yeah. A, there's a little bit of uh, creative, creative license. license. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well,
0: I do remember, uh, from 2011 when the Rugby World Cup was held in New Zealand, just the um, the the Tongan pandemonium and oh, yeah. uh, just the fans get into it so much and the red and white flags everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, what a fabulous story! What a great thing to be a part of.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And, and hopefully, it's the beginning of so many more things for all of us involved in the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, I was gonna gonna ask you if you got a, like a taste of it now. You're keen to explore more acting opportunities. And roles. Oh,
1: I'd love to. I'd love to. But I've got I've got my EP that I need to get out. There's so many things. So yeah. Um, I don't think of it in terms of a bucket list It's a barrel list And I've only just scratched the surface So I'm going to be around for a long time Don. I'm so
0: so pleased to hear you say that I, I've got some friends who are in their, uh, their 50s And they're sort of like winding down the clock And I'm like, no, there are still so many Excellent years left. Oh, yeah. So don't put limits on yourself, apart from Celebrity Treasure Island.
1: Yeah, 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 maybe I guess never say never either. They, you never
0: know. <laughs> Susie, thank you so much for coming over today. It's been it's been wonderful. It's been a wonderful chat. Well, thank
1: you. Um, thank you for brushing on some things that nobody's brushed on before. Mm. Because uh, having an opportunity to talk about it actually, I don't know, gets – Gives me another chance to process it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah well, so, yeah, something that you um, said before that I um, sort of picked up on. It's uh, I, I think you've been good at this, and I've just learned through my own trial and error that I have to be good at it. Um, when when shit goes bad in your life, you have to have to deal with it and process yeah. it then and there. Um, I was just very very good at um, you know just hiding it in the closet and moving yeah. forward. Uh, yeah. Each round of like IVF that we had, or each sort of you know upheaval in life just like put it behind me and move on um i don't know why i think that's just how i was raised but it's like it's like getting dirty gym clothes and putting it in a bag eventually like you're gonna have to wash it
1: exactly because (laughs) you think you're leaving it in that closet but you move house and it comes with you
0: (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately all right if only there was a song that we could end with
1: oh i wonder what that could be I'll, I'll break into a rap song now. No, no, I won't. <laughs> I'll go, see you, see you later. It's time to say goodbye. See you, see you later. We've really got to fly. See you, see you later. It's time for this to end. See you, see you later. Come and join Dom again, okay?
0: It is disgraceful that you were the first person kicked off the mask Singer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank Dom. Susie
0: Katie, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure.
0: Susie Cato,
1: see you, see you later.
0: Thank you very much for making it all the way through this episode. If you like what you hear and you want to help the podcast grow, the best thing you can do is probably subscribe or follow or like or whatever you – there might be a little bell button. Hit the bell button to get notifications. Do whatever you have to do on your podcast app. I think something like – um maybe quarter of the people that listen to this podcast each week subscribe and everyone else just looks it up so if you do that stuff if you subscribe or give it a rating give it a review all that feedback helps to grow the show thanks again to the sponsors of this episode of runners only with dom harvey radix nutrition if you're keen to learn more about radix nutrition and the work that mike and his team are doing in the waikato check them out on instagram at radix nutrition spelled r-a-d-i-x or check them out online radixnutrition.co.nz, that's R-A-D-I-X. All right, once again, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate you being here as we grow this thing and hope to see you next week.